We've been studying uh, spiritual gifts during the last few weeks. We've went intensely into them. There's so much more to say, and I want you to embrace this teaching. Just read this scripture with me. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For the common good. Say it. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Uh, if you look uh, through verse, down to verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Same Spirit, different gifts. Distributing to each one individually as he will. So uh, look at me and let me tell you this so you can catch this clearly. Holy Spirit is the norm for believers in Jesus. Amen. Gifts of the Spirit are normal. You say, wow, that person prayed and I got healed. That's normal. That's normal. It's exciting, but it's normal. Gifts are common. For spirit-filled, baptized believers. All right, so you should anticipate. It's like, that can't happen. It can happen. Sometimes we act according to our expectations. And so the enemy has lied to us and told us, well, you know, maybe that's for the preacher, but it's not for me. No, it, sh it, should, be, it should be for you and your house. Yes. And, 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 and remember this also, in order to be used in gifts, the flesh needs to be crucified, and you need to become a vessel of the Holy Spirit. First uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse 14, the man without the spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the spirit of God. Somebody say, come Holy Spirit, say, come Holy Spirit. The things are, they are foolishness to him and he can't understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Fl faith is spiritually discerned. Faith is not of the flesh. It is of the spirit. Amen. The gifts of the spirit, they are of the spirit. And I, I have been telling you this. And I want to tell you this again about this church. The church is ready to lead a great awakening. Now I'm going to tell you something about the whole COVID thing in case you did not know about it. COVID has set us up to do great things. People are feeling uh, as though they are vulnerable right now. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is greater than any sickness, any disease. Somebody praise God for that. But there is a reality that's going on. And the reality is that, I don't know if you, you know this, maybe you don't realize this, but we are, it is, it is, there's an appointment for man, and that is once to die. And so it's like everybody woke up and said, what? And, and, and so we need to know God. How many know? We need to know him. We don't need to know about him. We need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We need that. So I'm expecting God to do great things. I'm looking for a lot of people to come to Jesus. I'll talk to you more about this. I told you last week. I don't know if anybody did this, but I'm going to ask you again because we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and bringing the power home. And I, and I gave you some orders for when you get home, one was anoint your house, another was anoint your spouse, another was bless your children, 
Receive Holy Spirit and engage Holy Spirit in your house. So I don't, I'm not going to make you feel embarrassed right now, but did anybody anoint your house? Anybody do that? All right. So we had two. All right. So uh, you say, how do I do that? Just go to your front door. Go in the kitchen first if you want and get some, I don't know, get some vegetable oil or something. I don't know. You got olive. Just get something and just anoint your house. Just walk around and anoint it and set your household apart. When you're talking about it, not just your building, but your whole house. And, and anybody, if you're, if you're married, anoint your spouse. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. You say, that's weird. Well, yelling at each other doesn't seem to be too odd. So next time you're in a struggle, maybe you ought to stop. Drop and pray. And pray for your children. It is school. School is going back in session. I believe Virginia Beach is Thursday. I, was keep, I kept thinking it was Tuesday, but somebody told me it was Thursday. But bless your children. While you're doing that, bless school teachers. Where are my teachers at in the room? Got any teachers in the room? People work for, yeah, Sheila back there. Hey, doctor, good to see you. So we have a lot of school teachers and people work in the school system. Counselors that work in the school system as well. Their plate is a little bit heavier this year than it was. All right? A little bit heavier. They're dealing with some stuff that they did not dream they would have to deal with. But let's pray for our Christian counselors. Amen? Let's pray for them. All of our school, let's pray for our students. But pray for your children because the enemy wants your kids. He wants to, he want, even though you have broken the generational curse, he wants to re-implement it in your children. So pray for them. Read the Bible to them every day. All right? Pray at the table and receive Holy Spirit and engage the Holy Spirit. And now, Listen, in all my preaching over these past few weeks, please, today as I go into this teaching, please don't miss the forest for the trees. Okay? Because... What I'm saying is don't be so focused on your gift that you fail to see God's big reason for spiritual gifts. You say, look, I got to get this gift. No, I want you to see the big purpose behind it today. So today I want to talk about our prime objective when it comes to spiritual gifts. And look back at Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Read that out loud with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become witnesses to the world of Jesus Christ. So gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the cause of becoming witnesses of Christ, which is a peculiar term to you. Literally, you become partners with Jesus in saving the world. Listen, Superman, Batman, Avengers, all those guys are not real superheroes. We are. We are superheroes. You don't like that? That's who I am. Look, Pastor Rick, he is a superhero. That's right. Don't mess with me. Don't make me fly all over the room right now. But. It's also going to be a, a peculiar week as we move through this season uh, because we are coming upon uh, this week's remembrance of 9-11. Is there anyone who remembers where they were when the Twin Towers were hit? Does anybody remember? How many in the room don't remember because you weren't on the planet yet? Anybody not on the planet? Got a lot of not on the planet. All right. It's so like for, for you guys... Uh, the 9-11, when we talk about 9-11, it's, it's like a memory 
to your family, to your parents. Uh, for some of us, it's kind of like Pearl Harbor to me, you know, because Pearl Harbor happened a little while before I was born. Uh, but there are other things that happened even in my young days that I, my childhood that I remember. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., brothers and sisters, man, that moment struck me as a boy. That really hit me and uh, other things that happened that were just frightening. Uh, then you got folks like Tootsie back there. She remembers all of it, all right? So let's welcome our mother, Tootsie Mallison, back there, all right? We love you, Tootsie. But I remember where I was when I heard of the cowardice strike of the World Trade Center. Uh, the Twin Towers. It was plotted, in case you did not know, by Al-Qaeda under the leadership of somebody. I don't even want to mention his name. Uh, okay, Bin Laden, who was in Afghanistan hiding under Taliban control. So when you heard Taliban, some of us remember when he was hiding among them. Okay, so that's why it just kind of jumps up and down. And so... Uh, Combat operations continued in Afghanistan after 9-11. So when you hear about people struggling regarding Afghanistan, it's because combat took place. War began in Afghanistan and in Iraq for, you know, through 2014, rather intensive and less intensive during the last seven years. And then recently, our president ordered a complete withdrawal, and during the withdrawal, the sad and frustrating reality is that a deadly Islamic terrorist group orchestrated a suicide bomb attack. We used to hear about suicide bomb attacks all the time. Anybody remember those days? And so, so that terrorist group orchestrated a suicide bomb attack at the crowded gates of the Kabul airport, killing scores of civilians and 13 U.S. troops. And so last week we mentioned and prayed regarding that because this was the deadliest incident for the United States forces in Afghanistan in more than a decade. And so we're frustrated, questioning so much. The nation just, oh yeah, let's come home, but there's grieving and there's confusion and we scratch our heads and wonder what has happened and what about the sacrifices that have been made you know, especially when you consider the total number killed in the attacks in New York City was like 2,753, but then there were so many that died from PTSD and so many that died at, because of the after effects of being there in that vicinity. And then the number of U.S. troops killed in Operation Enduring Freedom was 2,343 or more. Estimated number of children who lost their parents, who lost a parent in 9-11 was 3,051. Over 3,000 people, children, lost a mom or a dad. So can I tell you this? The enemy of our souls knows exactly what he is on the planet to do. He knows his directive. It is to kill and to steal and to destroy. How many have been affected by the enemy's killing and destruction? Anybody? I have. How many have ever had the enemy attack you? It's interesting that the devil knows exactly what he is here for. Could it be that there are those that wondered what happened? Was there anything accomplished in Afghanistan? But even more, there are those who ask this question as troops have been withdrawn 
What was our purpose there? Now, before I say any more, can I just offer some thanks to those who served and fought? Can I just, come on, let's bless those who have served and fought. Might I bless those also in this room who have lost loved ones and also those who continue to serve? We know of people that are over there. We know of people in Saudi Arabia who are connected with freedom. To me, 9-11 seems like yesterday. But then to so many who are younger, it seems like ancient history. So when we speak of Afghanistan and Iraq or the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, it is somewhat irrelevant unless you make yourself aware. And again, the big question remains for some, what were we fighting for? And unless you are one of those who suffered or perhaps you made a pilgrimage to New York City, perhaps you might struggle. Perhaps you may not understand this, but can I say purpose matters. Say those two words. Purpose matters, especially when you are at war. As a citizen, I have opinions regarding it all. Since How many remember the year 2000? Anybody remember the year 2000? Where are those who remember 2000 and where you were then? But today I'm here as a pastor, as a church leader. And I can't answer all your questions about Afghanistan or war. I grieve, I hurt. But as the year 2000 passed, so also today we come to another anniversary that is just before us. We are close precisely to 2,000 years since the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And specifically since the anniversary, 2,000 years of the day of Pentecost when the church was born, the church is now about to celebrate 2,000 years since the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So what have we done in 2,000 years? We've built a lot of buildings. We've marched all over the world. We have over 200 Christian denominations in the United States and 45,000 Christian denominations globally. And we are seeing... The return of the Lord Jesus at hand. How many believe Jesus is about to come back? Can I finish preaching this? Please don't allow the 2,000 years to pass by. Don't just walk out of your churches. Don't just celebrate Christmas and Easter and vacation Bible schools. And forget why we are here and specifically why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are here. The gifts of the Spirit are not available just so we can tongue talk and have healing services and tell people surprising revelations about themselves. Yes, that happens. But there is a greater purpose behind it. Jesus explains it and talks about our prime objective in Mark 16 and 15. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. 
they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now look at all those gifts. Look at all that power. But he says, this goes with the preaching of the gospel. It is for the purpose of saving the world. Somebody praise God for gifts. All of those things are weird, aren't they? Speaking in new languages. Aren't you glad that on the day of Pentecost, when they spoke in other languages, they did it, and people who, that, who had never heard the gospel of Jesus heard the wonderful works of God. I often look at that little statement, in my name they will cast out demons, and then it says they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. How many picked up a, a snake lately? Anybody picked up a snake? One person picked up a snake. Okay, we only have one spiritual person and two in the whole room. Three, all right? Now, we got a little confused about that. Some people did several years ago, and they thought they would bring snakes to the church and run around and dance with them. That is a good illustration of a misappropriation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, totally misappropriate. You don't have to go and pick up snakes. It's funny. Yesterday, I was out working by my pool, and and uh, I looked over at one of the bricks that had kind of come loose, and the the and, and I'm looking over there, and a snake stuck his head straight up and looked at me. So I want you to know, I did everything in my power to kill that snake. I didn't run from it. I'm not afraid of it. I don't, I don't know by saying amen right now. I am saved by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is inside of me. So the works of darkness have no chance destroying me. One day, you may not know this, but one day we will all be removed from the planet. One day our commander-in-chief is going to declare a withdrawal of all the troops. You didn't know that? One day, and he's going to do it with a trumpet. The trumpet of God will sound... The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, the issue is this. It's imperative that we know what we are on the planet for. We are not going to be removed until we complete our prime directive. Man, somebody needed to hear this today. And that's what I want to accomplish today. Two things. One, I want to see people saved in this gathering. I want to see people saved today. Don't look at me like that. Somebody else say, hallelujah. That's our prime directive. Said people getting saved. There he goes, trying to get people saved again. That's what we're here for. No, no. That's what you're here for. You're saved. Get more people saved. And then secondly, I want to see people embrace the prime objective of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to just be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to be used by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the prime directive of the King, Jesus, to get other people saved. I mean, how many of you have gotten some folks saved? How many know it's one of the coolest things in the world to get people saved? All right, but you got to, get, you got to be crazy to do this. I wish pastor would not preach on this today, but here I go. So in order for me to accomplish this, I want to begin by teaching you this great truth 
this great truth about the gifts of the Spirit. One is, the gifts go with the gospel. The gifts go with the gospel. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Suddenly, the sound of a blowing, of a violent wind came, filled the whole house. How many know the scripture? Acts 2, 1. But if you get down to verse 5, you find that they were, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They heard the sound. They came together. They were utterly amazed because these men are, who are speaking in other languages are Galilean. How is it that each of us hears them in his own language? And so all of these different people were hearing the gospel in their own language by the Holy Spirit. And they're amazed. And they say, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them saying they have had too much wine. So that's always going to be. Listen, if you are filled with the Spirit and God uses you, some people are going to laugh at you and say you're just a religious fanatic and you're drunk. Okay? So, I'm, look, I'm trying to raise some of you up right now. Are you ready to receive this? You want to see some people saved, right? So in, in Acts 2.22, Peter proclaims the resurrection and the exaltation of Jesus. He says, I want you to know about Jesus. All of them knew about Jesus. They were in Jerusalem. Everybody knew about his crucifixion, and they also knew about his resurrection. But before they knew about that, they also knew about his miracles. They knew about the wonders and the signs that were done through him, and then that he was handed over to godly men. Jesus went there. It was the will of the Father to bruise him, that he would die. And they put him on the cross. They nailed him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Anybody saved in this room? I want to tell you something. It's impossible for death to keep its hold on you. Hallelujah. So watch what happened in Acts 2.37. Peter began to preach and he preached. He says, brothers, the, the people said, brother, what, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit he's talking about right now? Salvation. Somebody say it. Salvation. The gift of the Holy Spirit is salvation. Holy Spirit comes to me. I'm born again. The promise is for you and your children. It's for you and your children as many as who are far off. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000, somebody say 3,000, 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Now, this event was precipitated by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is poured out, 3,000 people come into the kingdom. Holy Spirit is poured out on who? The disciples, the first church, 120 believers. They multiplied to 3,000 in a day. Come on, let's praise God for that. 3,000. So 3,000, somebody praise God for that. Thank God that's over. That'll never happen again. It's not true. It's not true. In fact, just a little while later, if you go down to verse, uh, to chapter 3, Peter and John had gone to the temple, and there was a lame man that was there asking for silver and gold, and asking for some money, alms. And Peter and John looked at him, and they said, we don't have any silver and gold. We're just broke preachers. 
But what we do have, we give you. And the Bible says that they, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Somebody thank God for that. So if you continue through the scripture, what happened is after that happened, a crowd gathered around and they began to preach about who Jesus was. Now, what was the healing? How did, how did this, young, this man get healed? It was a gift of the Holy Spirit. Healing is a gift of the Spirit. Somebody say, welcome, Holy Spirit. They healed him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then a crowd gathered. And by the Holy Spirit, they began to preach. And if you continue, I don't have time to read all of this. They, they began to preach. And another, in Acts chapter 4... Many heard the message, believed in the number of men, grew to about 5,000. So 2,000 more people are added to the church in response to Peter. So now what do we have? 5,000. In fact, we could say that that was more like 5,000 families. 5,000 families. Their husbands, wives, and children became a part of the church. I love the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. God is a healer and a deliverer. I, can I just talk to you for a minute? I was healed before I ever confessed Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. I've often wondered about that little healing that happened in my body when I was a boy because I grew up knowing about the healing that took place in my body. Mom and Dad kept telling me about it and about how I was burned and I was healed. I believe that the Lord healed me not because I could not have survived in life with scars on my face, but I really believe that that healing that took place where the burns fell off of my face was in accordance with God's plan in order that I would surrender my life over to Jesus Christ. And so I gave my life. I had already been healed, but I had already experienced the power of Jesus Christ in my life. Hallelujah. Somebody give thanks to God. Now, can I ask anybody in the room right now? I just want to talk to you. Is there anybody that needs healing today? Anybody need healing? So... Uh, how many also might have some other areas of healing? Like for myself, even later, after I'd given my life to Jesus, I'd had some attacks from the enemy. And one of the things I dealt with greatly was some anxiety and some stuff. Anybody remember when I taught about the, my healing journey and how the Lord was walking me through that? There's some people in this room right now, and you would surrender your life to Jesus, but you're so full of fear and anxiety. And I want to speak to your sp fear and anxiety now in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you that that anxiety is not going to control you anymore. Some of you are afraid of what I'm doing right now. I want to speak to you and tell you that I know you've been hurt. I know you've been wounded. I know that perhaps your past has controlled you for a long time. But I'm standing here as somebody that's been healed and been set free. Somebody that has been hurt. Somebody that's been assaulted. And I want you to tell that the, you that the assaulter does not have victory over me today. And I want to say to you that go ahead. Go ahead and receive Holy Spirit now. I want you to rest tonight like you have never rested before and where you have had panic attacks I come against that in the name of Jesus Christ and I speak healing and deliverance to you somebody believe God with me would you believe God with me I feel his spirit in this house 
For some of you have physical ailments in your body where you have suffered with a diagnosis for years. I come against that diagnosis and I say that Jesus Christ went to the cross in order for you to be healed. And by faith, I stand before you now in the name of Jesus where you've been in pain for so long. Begin to move and feel the healing power of Christ come upon you. Feel his presence. Feel his strength. Jesus is a healer and I stand before you in the name of Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not even saying to you that right now you have accepted Christ. I'm telling you that Jesus is a healer. And his compassion is in this room now. Somebody worship him with me. Would you do that? Would you go ahead and give thanks to God for healing? Go ahead and move that particular appendage in your body that you haven't been able to move for a while. Feel his strength. Feel his healing. Jesus, Jesus. Anybody feel warm in the house right now? Anybody feel warm? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Okay, I said that. Now, as you feel healing, I want you to confess Jesus as your Lord. Say it. I confess. Say it. I confess Jesus Christ. Say it. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He is my healer, but he is mostly my Savior. He is my Savior. Pastor Rick is weird today. Listen, God is moving in your life right now. So this is a lesson for you. Be healed. And I want to tell some of you that you're struggling with how do you minister to people. Well, go ahead and pray for people. Do you know most of the miracles that you see in the word of God are for deliverance of individuals who had not yet confessed Jesus as their Lord? Go ahead. Don't be afraid if you see somebody at the mall this week who's struggling. Don't be afraid to pray for them. You got a coworker that's struggling, somebody that's sick who doesn't think they can get over it. I know a God who can. So go ahead. Let Holy Spirit move inside of you. Go ahead and let him move inside of you. Let Holy Spirit help you. Now, let me take you a little bit further. Got any believers in the room? Any got, got some believers? Because I've already shaken you up, so I'm going to shake you up a little bit more by telling you one more thing, and that is casual Christianity will not fulfill our objective. Cool and casual. Uh, yeah, I'm saved. I got a Bible. It's the living version. I love the living version, by the way, and I go to church. My band is the coolest. They are so cool. I mean, just amazingly cool. And so, do you hear me? I'm not, I'm not look, I'm, I'm cool. I get that. I, 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 it's just my nature to be super cool. Jesus said, I baptize you with water under repentance. Excuse me. John the Baptist says, I, I baptize you with water under repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Read that last line. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Be cool, but be on fire. I want, listen, I want people to accuse me of turning up the heat. Diane and I were driving toward the building the other day, toward the office here, and I, 
I saw a guy that was running and sweat pouring off him. I mean, he was drenched. He was like wearing gray shorts, and like half of them were drenched in sweat. And I looked at, I said, looked at, I said, Diana, that guy is hot. She looked at me really funny, and I, <laughs> I said, that did sound odd. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, he's covered in sweat, and you can literally see it dripping off of him. He's running. I see Marcus here. Hope you showered before you got here, brother. But it's good to see you, man. I love. Him. No, he didn't. All right. Stay away from Mark. In fact, you know, I mentioned Preston Mark running the marathon today, and congratulations for orphans. That, that's fantastic. I, I'm grateful for that. Jesus said, It is not for you to know the times, dates the Father has set in his own authority. Okay? In other words, we're not finished yet. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Holy Spirit, come on me. Say it. Holy Spirit, come on me. This is so powerful. Uh, Jesus is walking down the street one day in John chapter 9. He sees a, there's the, the disciples see a blind man. And the disciples decide they'd get real spiritual. And they said, Jesus, why is that man blind? It, was it his sin or his parents that sinned? And Jesus just slapped them. No, he didn't. And just, you ever just want to, everybody says, really? You don't have any compassion? He said, let me show you. He said, he said, that guy's in that situation so that I can do the works of the Father. I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Night is coming. That's that in season that we're talking about. When the Holy Spirit has restrained. We are still in working season right now. And what we need to be is on fire. It's time to be busy. We have power. We have gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's not for cute, televised, religious experiences. It is. Come on. We are in times. We are. Jesus is coming back. And we know this. I don't know when. But I know according to all that I see sooner rather than later. The Lord woke me up from a very heavy sleep and spoke to me in the middle of the night. Couple of months ago, just wrote it down and contemplated it. But just one word, he said, he woke me up and he said, Just breathe the word to me, renew the old wood. That's all he said to me. Renew the old wood, and I began seeking him. And he began to show me other things. Some of it was that my blessing, I was blessed to know the founding members of this congregation who 73 years ago, out of a simple prayer meeting formed Virginia Beach Church of God down on 14th Street. Uh, under the leadership of a guy named Troy Simmons. It was a group of people that prayed and believed and trusted the Lord. I was there when the founding pastor died. In fact, I was sitting with him by myself when the founding pastor breathed his last breath. And I was holding his Bible And I was reading Acts chapter 2 to him as he breathed his last breath. I was just there to make a pastoral visit. And there I was, and and I considered that as the Lord spoke to me regarding that. I had dear, dear folks. I had a dear sister from the church in that particular moment. 
As I began to complicate it, I, I, I contemplated, I saw her come to me and embrace me and wept and prayed with me at that moment as the Lord was revealing me the, these things. And I wondered, what does it mean? And so I found myself standing in the sanctuary and I looked around and I noticed that there was rot in the walls. And the Lord said, renew the old wood. There are places that need to be firmed up. And he spoke into my soul and he said, the church was founded on the outpouring of my spirit and dedicated to the cause of seeing the lost saved. And so I saw myself putting in new boards and I looked around the room and I saw new faces and I saw young faces filled with the same spirit, young adults and youth and children saved and filled with the same spirit of God. And I realized that the new wood illustrated fresh wood, fresh individuals ready to stand and be foundation. Folks, we are a good church and the power of the Holy Spirit is sweet. But in these last days, we're, we are sometimes tempted to just rest on the old wood. And God says, I'm going to do a new things in these last days. Amen. I got to be finished. <sighs> I came to Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14. Read this with me. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I find myself constantly going to the ocean lately. I find myself going out into the water and praying. I just keep finding myself. And here's what I'm hearing. You know, how do the waters cover the sea? So thoroughly that there is not a single dry patch of land at the bottom of the sea. This clearly illustrates God's incredible plan. The knowledge of his glory, the power and, the, and, and salvation will be spread across the world like a massive flash flood. There will not be a single dry area. No ignorant country, city, town, village, family, or individual. And I believe it's happening right now. Wake up. Don't be casual about your faith God's not finished let me finish this sermon though in fact you can go ahead and stand with me if you want the spiritual church will be a triumphant church amen my phone is talking to me the spiritual church will be a triumphant church say it a triumphant church the spiritual church will be a triumphant church Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Do not rejoice in this. My phone wants to preach to me for some reason. Praise Jesus. It's already off. Praise God. No, turn it completely off. The disciples were crazy with joy about casting out devils. They were just crazy about it. They said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice about demons, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. A book is opened and another book is opened. And we find names written in it. Jesus, somebody praise God for my name written down. Anybody's names written down in heaven? Is there anybody's names that are written down? Hear me. The disciples were crazy. And here's what Jesus is saying. Don't forget the prime directive. The prime directive isn't to cast demons out. 
The prime directive is that names get written down. Do you hear me? Oh, man, I'm, I'm an exorcist. I can cast demons. I'm glad. But here's what I found. That's not an overwhelming task. The demons are all Christ. I've never had that moment where demons manifested and I said, well, what am I going to do now? It's like, I'm just going to speak the name of Jesus and see them flee. What the enemy is mostly focused on is keeping the lost from being saved. Don't be so caught up in your spiritual gifts of the spirit that you forget what the great gift is. And that is salvation. Help me, Jesus. I have so many scriptures I want to share. I'm just going to read one more. Revelation chapter 7 and 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude with no one, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Now, these are those, according to the scripture, that confess Christ during the great tribulation. Did you hear that? Anybody ever heard of the great tribulation? Okay. Holy Spirit is gone, and we are gone, and the great tribulation begins. Somebody praise God for being gone, all right? But there are those who will refuse to take marks. Somebody thank God. There are those... And they will eventually stand before the Lord. But here's the, here's the teaching. The teaching is people are going to be saved from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And some of you are saying, Pastor, you don't tell me about getting people saved. You don't know the people I'm around. They are heathens. Pagan folk. I, the people I work with, you don't know. They're atheists. Look, some of the best Former atheists in the world are serving Jesus Christ today. So what I'm telling you is some of those individuals, people who will one day be standing around the throne of God, I want them to be people that I told Jesus about, told them about Jesus. I want them to be those folks. I want everybody that knows you to know your Jesus. I'm trying to get you riled up because if I just entertain you on Sundays and we're just a cool and casual community of Christians who just hold hands on Sunday and pray nice prayers and everybody sings real good and dances and jumps up and down, but nobody gets saved, then we are wasting our baptism in the Spirit. Close your eyes. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, let there be fire. I'm praying for you. Let there be fire. The top of this building, to the bottom, the front, to the back, every wall. Let there be fire in this building. Lord, empower, burn brightly and strongly through this church, through these people. Somebody say, come Holy Spirit. Say, come Holy Spirit. Let there be fire in this place. Holy Spirit, come on. You got to say, Holy Spirit, use me. Terry, for a moment. Holy Spirit, come. Let it burn in those who witness and work. Let it burn in those who preach. Let it burn in truth. 
Come on, Father, let it burn. Let it be fire shut up in my bones. Holy Spirit. Jesus. So today, our prime directive is clear. Father, that people would be saved. For those of you who have surrendered your life to Jesus, here's, here's a weird thing. We think the only people that can be saved are those that walk down the aisle. Most people don't get saved walking down the aisle. They get saved sitting next to you at the IHOP. They get saved at a party in your backyard or at the bar you decided to go to because you knew that's where the sinners were. They get saved because you prayed for them because they were going through trouble. If the fire's not burning, that's not going to happen. But when the fire burns, we will not have room for the people that will be coming back. And we will populate heaven with people who have put their faith in Jesus. How many want to see somebody saved this week? Anybody? Anybody want to see somebody saved? I need some of my Spirit Life team to come forward. And my prayer time today is twofold. One is... For individuals that want to give their life to Jesus. Now don't turn me off right now. Don't turn me off. Oh, those prayer workers have come. We're done now. Just get some oil in your hands, prayer workers. Get some oil. You can socially distant or whatever you have to do in order to get here. But I want, to, I want you guys to anoint as many people as you possibly can this morning. I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit and fire will rest upon this church. And I want those of you who need to give your life to Jesus to come and meet me. I'll be standing right over here at this corner. If you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you to come. I'll pray with you up here. If you decided today you're going to give your life to Jesus. In fact, if you're standing with some people right now, don't be embarrassed. If you're staying with somebody and you know they need to get saved, go ahead and get them. Go after them. Go ahead and embarrass yourself. Tell somebody. You might say, well, I don't know if they're saved or not. Well, find out. Find out. You are right there at church. You didn't ask somebody. Ask them. Let Holy Spirit come close to you. Give your life to Jesus. Now, how many would like to burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit? Lift your hand if you want to burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So as we conclude the service, I want those of you to begin to move towards the front. We're going to anoint you. We're going to lay our hands upon you. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint you and that you would move in the fire of the Holy Spirit and that the evidence of it would be signs and wonders that would bring people to believe. Are you ready to receive this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see you, Terry. I just want to publicly Stand close to me. I have not been using the gifts that God has given me, and that is evangelism. Pray for me to do what I know that God has given me the gift for. Jesus. Jesus. Anybody else want to confess? Anybody else need to confess? How many would say the Holy Spirit wants to use me greater? How many would say the Holy Spirit wants to use me in a greater way? Folks, there is nothing that rocks my world. Like praying with somebody to give their life to Jesus. There's nothing like it. First time I did it, it was in the creek bank when I was 11 years old with a buddy of mine. 
If you want to give your life to Jesus, I'll be here. These people will be here. But I'd like to anoint some people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord lift his face upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. Lift your hands. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus, let fire fall upon your people. Let the fire fall. We're going to anoint you as you come forward. We're going to anoint everybody that will come forward before you leave. God bless you. you be dismissed when you choose. Come down for prayers. Many that will just walk through the altar for a moment. We're going to anoint you and pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would, be, would move mightily in your lives. God bless you all. I love you.